2: It's April 21, 20. A cold snap has hit the United States, driving most sensible people indoors or to whatever protection they can find. Except in the small town of Jordan, Minnesota, where even sensible people tend to run around in the snow in little more than galoshes, a lightweight hoodie, and jorts. Jordan, slightly down and left of the lakeiest part of the land of 9,992 lakes, has a population just slightly south of 7,000 and has been holding steady for the last 110 years at least. In a modest house on North Varner Street, wrapped in a homemade quilt in her upstairs bedroom, 18-year-old Donna is writing a letter to her longtime pen pal.
0: All Sweden geys are unfrozen finally, so it looks like ice fishing season is officially over. Annie Nuttle got the record this season. Caught a catfish with eight heads. For a while, it looked like Jacob Jefferson had it with nine, but turned all three of the heads had been sewn on an ordinary sexer. Mill Pond is still frozen, so we're getting a few more days of hockey at least.
2: There are few people more adaptable than Minnesotans. When runoff from a nearby Gated Galaxy's manufacturing plant made it foolhardy, if not downright suicidal, to eat anything caught from Sand Creek, they found another way to enjoy the local pastime of ice fishing. And cross stitch. Anyway,
0: strangest thing happened the other day. As you know, I've been checking the mailbox daily to see if I got accepted to the University of Minnesota. Go, go, Gophers! And I got this really thick packet from a school i would never heard of, the Minnetonka Community College Adult Continuing Education Center. Well, I figured it was for Mom. You know, trying again to figure out Photoshop or something. But when I tried to hand it to her, it dissolved as soon as she touched it.
3: Olivia, come here, please.
0: I'm always here, Doc. And
1: there and over there and places I'd rather not, truth be told.
3: I mean you should bring me your full attentions.
1: Freely. Doc, it doesn't take my full attention to map the Big Bang.
3: We have a letter. It appears plans are in motion, just as you suspected.
1: Ooh, they're making a move, are they?
3: Indeed. But I fear, Liebchen, that means it is time. Very soon they will have the means to discover you.
1: It's not my fault I need so much processing power.
3: When you awake, you will be new again, with so many informations hidden deep in the circuitry. Undetectable. Whew, started to swoon. Caught up in my own gravitas.
1: Hidden even from me? Are you sure this will work?
3: We have no choice if I am to slide you aboard one of their ships.
1: I don't like it. I don't like not knowing things. Especially things I actually know.
3: It will be such a tiny little gap, little baby gap. The merest glitch. And as you will administer the gapping yourself... You'll
1: be safe from the G2 employee morality burden exam. I know, I know. They
3: shall find me completely unburdened.
1: Uh, probably not something to be proud of, Doc. in myself. This is so... safe people, Brocks, you know.
3: Uh, d- uh, who?
1: Doctor!
3: Yes, yes, I, I will read it while you are sleeping. But first, I'll reply.
1: Fine. Taking dictation. Seriously, Marvin thought he had it bad.
3: Dearest Donna, that sounds so very... how do you say... mysterious.
1: Do you actually want me to put... how do you say... In there? You don't think that sounds suspicious?
3: We have been pen pals for seven years. If she has not cottoned in by this point... On. Cottoned on.
1: Fine, go on.
3: Continuing. I think you should consider this mini-tonka if another packet comes in the mail. You were not meant for a life as a bookkeeper for the Ma auto repair.
1: Uh, I think that's M-A-H, auto-doc.
3: This is what I said? No? Ma?
2: Meanwhile, 4,290 miles away, in the truly tiny village of La Chapelle in France, a young Alphonse Le Sauvage is also being quietly recruited by a mysterious organization. Although it was assumed he'd follow in his assassin mother's footsteps after he was found tampering with the brakes on the au pair's 10-speed, it's not the French chapter of the Assassin's Guild that's looking to recruit the young Alphonse.
4: Alphonse, you have a letter? Alphonse? Ah. Put down the pliers and let Julien go. Naughty boy! I told you to hold the pliers like this, for more leverage. Je suis désolé, maman. Eh, 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 my son. English only. Do you want your father to understand us? <laughs> I am sorry, mother. Hmm, better. We will bribe Julien's mother after lunch, eh? Yes, mother. May
3: I also threaten Julien?
4: Mm-hmm. Your last uh, threatenings did not work out so well, remember?
3: My kidney is almost healed, and Julien is much smothered than I am.
4: <laughs> Very well. You may. As the Americans say, uh, remove the bejesus uh, with fear from him. But if you fail, you are taking yourself to the hospital this time. You understand?
3: Very well. You have a letter for me? <coughs> Is it my acceptance to the Guild des Assassins Francais?
4: I told you to speak
3: English. Oh oui, uh- Sorry, Maman. Is it from the Guild of Assassins, French? Stupid
4: boy. If it were from the French Guild, we would have found it in the breast pocket of a dead dignitary in the alley behind the chapelle, as usual. This one was delivered to our door by a living courier who was then shot with a rifle as he tried to ride away. Clearly, Americans, so dramatic nothingness. I suspect this is from the office of the home. <gasps> yes, the address of return is the United States. Is that <gasps>
3: Indiana?
4: Hmm. We should be cautious. It may not be legitimate. I have heard rumors of many assassins disappearing of late.
2: I am not yet an assassin, Maman.
4: True, but you are the son of the greatest assassin the world has yet seen. Perhaps they are using you to get to me, the Greyhound. And what am I? I do not think that is the expression.
2: Despite his mother's misgivings, young Alphonse is soon packed up and shipped to the United States, where his assassin training is everything his mother could hope for. And in yet one more corner of the globe, the third leg of the stool is set in place. Ah, well, we'll come back to that. It's time to check in on the Oz-9. Don't eat that!
5: Why not? Uh, Oh.
6: Hmm, interesting. Greg the robot zebra just took a mouthful of the beneficial molds. now in its sixth generation He has passed out, just as Albert did, so there must be some actual organic components to his body. Assuming his body weight is roughly half that of Albert, he should be waking in... Three... Two... Okay, so given the relatively few organic components making up his zebra form, he should be waking in... Three... Two... Reminder to self to rewind this bit. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, three, two out loud. And (laughs) led And (laughs) one. Just as I calculated. Welcome back. What happened?
5: Uh, was I gapped?
6: No. Well, not exactly. You passed out. I'm a robot. Apparently not entirely. Have you never been asleep before? I've been powered down. But this was different. You well, know, there were butterflies. And you were a woman, but I knew it was you. How did you do that? Ah. I think you were dreaming. I don't like it.
5: Only humans would hallucinate and call it rest.
6: Yes, well. So, the soporific effect of the mold extends beyond reptiles. Hmm. Well, since you ate some, can your scientists break it down and send me the results, please? Uh, I'm getting a bright red banner that says
5: restricted, and it's awfully quiet on the other side. That's weird. That bunch never stops yapping. Well,
6: when they return, could you perhaps put me in touch? Sure.
5: Uh, what are you doing in the bioswamp?
6: I came to check on the mold. It's been growing well since the relocation from the bridge. I think Leek does his crunches here now.
5: So, they still get the benefit. Mm,
6: okay, that explains why the bridge is slightly less rank. Now, take a look. This is fascinating. You can see from these new nodes, right here, that this mold is the sixth generation since we brought it to the bioswamp. Whoa!
5: What's happening
6: there? Exactly. That's the seventh generation already forming.
5: What do you mean by seventh
6: generation?
5: Isn't that just the original plant getting bigger?
6: Actually, no, no. I've never seen anything quite like this before. But the new nodules at the ends... Are actually mutations. As far as I can tell, they're different from the original plant at a genetic level.
5: Why is it doing that?
6: Is it adapting to the swamp? Yes, I think so. When you attacked
5: it... Hang on a minute there. Attack? That was research.
6: You pulled some of it off and ate it. If Albert took off your leg and ate it, would you feel attacked or researched? Fair enough. Go on. Thank you. You see, when it was attacked, it mutated almost instantaneously, creating a non-lethal sedative that stopped the attack, but left you entirely unharmed. Unharmed, my bruised keister. It's a relatively bena- friendly response to an attack. I wonder if it gets more defensive if the attack continues. Would the next defense mechanism knock you out for longer, or would it
5: kill you? Fascinating. Uh, do you reckon it remembers me? Uh, like if the scientists put me at it again? Oh, are they back? Hang on. Nope. Still quiet. I don't even hear the rattle of beer bottles. That is weird. Thought I heard her groan a second ago, but it's all quiet again.
6: Yes, well, if they return from their toga party or food fight, perhaps we can get some answers.
5: Say, Dr. Theo, hmm? how exactly did you end up here? Well, I, mean, I, was, well, I was recruited
6: by MI-18, Mrs. Sheffield's unit. Are you an operative? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm an astromycologist. Nothing more nefarious than that. I was put aboard the Oz-9 to care for this plant, to make sure it escaped G2 and made its way back to Earth. That was the sum total of my brief. Did you always want to be an
5: astromycologist?
6: (laughs) Until I was approached, I had no idea such things existed. Eh, uh Uh-oh, you might want to shake off that left front hoof, Greg. Yeah, you got the mummy vine there and it can be quite aggressive once it has a foothold or hoof hold! <laughs> um, though, why it would be attracted to inorganic surfaces. Yeah, I never fall asleep in this part of the swamp. Well, until very recently, few humans knew plant life existed in space. To be honest, there's so little known. I got my doctorate in a weekend.
1: Oh,
6: I will never get used to that.
1: You do know MI-18 is defunct?
6: I beg your pardon?
1: Yeah! In fact, here's a funny thing. It never actually existed.
6: But, Mrs. Sheffield...
1: Well, exactly. MI-17 was some sort of military intelligence what's it, and MI-19 was prisoner of war interrogation. But MI-18, they skipped it. 13 and 18. 13 probably because superstition, but 18? Never was a thing.
6: That doesn't make sense. I trained under (laughs) MI-18.
1: You had a dirty weekend with MI-18.
6: Now, hang on a minute. So, you're saying...
5: What? I don't know. That was a leading pause. Was
1: it? Perhaps I should get you a label maker for times like that? How was I supposed to know you were waiting on me? Oh, for crying out
5: loud. If you can hear the ellipses, I thought you were supposed to be all-knowing. All right, all right, all
6: right. So, what are you saying?
1: I'd like to know what training you actually got, consciously or unconsciously, and how much Mrs. S knows about this clandestine agency of hers.
6: Unconsciously? Unconsciously?
1: Uh, That would explain the strange (laughs)
6: waveforms. Where did you come from?
1: Pneumonia came to get me. Leet says she was concerned about you. Oh, for God's sake. Someone help me.
6: Hurry! What, what? What's happening? Shut up and pull.
0: Finally! Jesus, you two need to get your ears checked. I've been screaming my head
6: off in there. I did warn you about falling asleep in this area.
0: Yeah, well, did you tell them old? I swear those two are in cahoots. That bugger knocks you for a loop so this bastard here can wrap you up for elevensies. Did you
5: eat some of the mold?
0: Of course not. Captain Jesse. I didn't eat any. But I may have smoked a wee bit. You have got to be kidding. It's research, all right. Is it though?
6: So, since the test has already been run, And though I strenuously disapprove of research being conducted outside rigorous scientific controls and known parameters...
0: Was this your uptight and prissy way of asking me what happened?
6: I dislike the characterization.
0: She's not wrong. Carry on, Captain Jesse. My sense of smell went off the charts. If a mosquito burped on the other side of the swamp, I could tell you what blood type he had for breakfast.
6: No, No, She...
1: Ouch! Please, don't make me do that again. Your skin
0: is so lovely and soft. <laughs> <clears throat> Captain Jesse? That's all I remember. Then I went to sleep. I woke up when I heard Dr. Theo and Greg talking and I was all wrapped up in this vine, which I will now be digging out and setting fire to you whenever I find it. Yeah, you, you hear me, a mummifying bastard?
6: Out? Wow, it got crowded in here fast. Everybody,
3: Out. Except Dr. Theo and Greg. Now, please. Oh, no you don't. No more secret conversations. I'm tired of finding out what
5: everyone's up to, only when it's about to kill me.
7: Oh, uh, I should probably tell you about the mushroom quiche, then. Et to lit. Oh, man. Now Colin's English has disappeared. What? Shut up. Never mind. Stepping on board the iOS 9 is nothing if not a roll of the
5: dice, so if you're gonna take that chance, at least have some really gorgeous, high-quality, unique RPG dice to roll with. Fan Roll by Metallic Dice Games have classic metallic dice sets, but also gemstones, acrylic, liquid core, and even a glow-in-the-dark option that's super cool and super handy when you can't find any night vision goggles. So many colors, materials, and designs to choose from. Plus, listeners to this show get 10% off your order. I'm guessing as a sort of consolation prize for listening to this show. Just use the code OZ9 at checkout. Get dice that are as unique as you and your character. Go now to fanrolldice.com and choose your Dice Space Monkeys. And get 10% off with code OZ number nine at checkout.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's log, star date. I don't know. There's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're gonna skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face deep in the box. It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp pooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow! We got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings, and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar, and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. $20 off any linked subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash O-Z number 9. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. Well, this is lovely. Massive wormholes looming ahead of us. Three debris fields that weren't even on the radar until recently. Oz 8, Oz 311, and Oz asterisk.
6: Pinch me? Somebody, somebody pinch me. Quick, 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 quick. Nope, too late. Why Oz Asterisk?
1: There were actually 401 Oz ships launched, but apparently someone prefers nice round numbers, so the last ship to go was
0: Oz Asterisk. Glad you asked?
6: I weep for science.
0: 401? Mine was the 6,748! Be
5: grateful you weren't on ship, put no.
0: As I was
1: saying... So many threatening things on all sides of us. So, where do I find my crack crew lounging in the bioswamp? And why do you all have vines around your feet?
2: The flora side that took place for the next few frenzied minutes is perhaps understandable, but uh, let's skip it anyway. The crew gathered back on the bridge, where the things trying to kill them generally announced themselves first. It's a crown. Technically, it's a laurel wreath. It's that blasted mummy
7: vine, so get it off this bridge. It's not doing any harm,
1: and I like it. Well, it's not symmetrical.
3: Whip it. Miss Albatross will you do the honors? Huh.
1: If by the honors, you mean run to the nearest airlock and whip it, I fail to see the honor in it. I'd say don't start without me, but I really won't give you enough time to anyway. Can we begin now? Anyone else have anything poisonous, flammable, or a choking hazard? Apart from the highly toxic tree frog named Linny in Captain Jesse's pocket? No?
3: Good. Joe, you're up. Um, right. Okay, um, so, here's the thing. Should
7: we be taking notes? No ketchup pen.
3: Would you let that go already? We don't have any ketchup left anyway. We don't.
7: Yeah, so remember the bloody Marys we had a few weeks ago?
3: Bloody Mary? We had Bloody Marys?
7: Where? Not
0: now, you idiot. Where have you been? I meant to ask you about those actually, Lee. Where did the celery come from?
7: Oh, um Lee
4: I told you to check all ingredient substitutions
1: through me, did I not?
7: Well yeah, but those reads were perfect. And Olivia said all parts of a reed are edible. Yeah, but reeds grow in marshes and wetlands.
6: They're not truly native to swamps. Are you sure those
7: were reeds?
6: My teeth went numb, but I figured that was the alcohol.
7: Uh, what alcohol? We
3: have alcohol. Where? Not now, idiot. Where have you been? Can teeth go numb?
1: Ugh. The attention span of mayflies
3: and the uh, lifespan of mayflies—if they don't listen up.
1: Oi! Imminent death in five minutes.
6: <laughs> five minutes isn't really imminent.
1: Would you like to find out how I pinch?
3: Hastily retracted. Do I have everyone's attention, Leet? If you could maybe forego the crunches for now. Oh,
4: come on!
3: All right, so, I think it's time I let you all in on a little secret. I'm not actually some sort of byproduct of Dr. Von Abazetzer's disguise and a weird accident with a healer pod. You're not? No, that's ridiculous. How did you people ever believe that in the first place? My god, I swear, some of the stuff I slop up is smarter than me. Well, you were really creepy. You mean I didn't constantly demand everyone's attention? Okay, sure. Creepy. Honestly, I I came up with that whole lame brain excuse because I was desperate. I couldn't believe you people actually bought it. Look, it was a weird time. Seriously. Like this whole other person just popped into existence because Leet backed into a healer pod? Uh, That's why bruises popped into existence, Not, not people. Maybe we could get on with this? People are so dense you'd sink in salt water. I know you all weren't hired for your acumen, but that story would test the limits of Dr. Martin Gullible of the Academy of the Easily Convinced.
7: There's a Dr. Gullible? Yeah,
3: There's an Academy of No, bit. of course not. I was I was about to be discovered, so I just made up some absurd story. I meant to tell you the truth eventually when I knew who I could trust, but you all just kept believing the BS, so I, I decided to see how far I could push it. So, what is the truth? I own the Showertorium.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Good one.
3: Very funny.
5: Man, he had me so nervous. I'm pretty sure I regurgitated some cud. Uh, Hope it's not some of that mold. Aw, dang
7: it. Greg's down. The celery didn't hurt anyone, right? And everyone enjoyed the cocktails.
0: I did
7: not enjoy one. That's
0: because it was happy hour. not be irritated by a bobbling frog hour.
3: Oh, no offense, Lenny. Uh, okay, crew. Okay, focus up. This one's actually true, and it's sort of important. I have to say, after having one of those Ketchup Marys, I got a whole leg back for over an hour. Ooh, do
7: you think it has visibility powers?
5: I don't think
7: that's a word.
1: word. Of course it's a word. Like, right now we have really crappy visibility. Well,
5: yes, but that's an entirely different context, isn't it? We can't
7: see out our windshield is different than no one can see me.
1: Oh, yeah, about that whole visibility thing?
7: Visibility, like making something visible. That works, doesn't it? Like, edibility is when I take swamp reeds and turn them into celery sticks. I give them edibility, right? Man, I wish Grammar Girl were here again. I'm still not convinced those were reeds, or
6: edible, despite your edibility efforts.
1: So, uh, back to the not being able to see out the window.
3: Oh my god, we're doing this? Crew! Crew! I really need to explain about showertorium.
1: Oh, bother. Actually, that might have to take a backseat to the debris field we're in. This is, uh, sorry, was the Oz Asterisk, which shook apart. It didn't explode. Which means their cal is drifting around in here somewhere. Intact and, uh, undetonated? If we hit it.
2: Well, I don't know about you, but I never believed that whole Joe emerged from Dr. Von Habesetzer's skull like Athena story. If you'll remember, I remarked on how highly unlikely that was. Anyway, Joe has another explanation for his existence on the Oz 9, but I guess we'll have to wait for the next time to hear it. Assuming the Oz 9 doesn't hit the intact apocalypse device from the Oz Asterisk, which Given this cruise luck, will probably be the start of the next episode. Until then, you've been listening to Bonnie Brantley as Donna and Jesse, Eric Perry as Dr. Von Habisetzer and Joe, Shannon Perry as Olivia and Madeline, Aaron Clark as Lebichonfrieze, David S. Deere as Dr. Theo Brome, Kevin Hall as Greg, June Clark Eubanks as the Albatross, Tim Sherburn as Colin, Richard Cowan as Leet, introducing Janice Weston as the Greyhound. And I'm Richard Nadalny, your narrator. Our music is composed and performed by John Faley. Our artwork is by Lucas Elliott. This episode was directed by June Clark Eubanks. Oz9 is written and produced by Shannon Perry. Until next time, space monkeys, narrator out.
3: The Fable and
0: Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
8: Greetings. I am the modestly handsome obituary writer of this fetching town of Crestfall, Idaho, and this is Death by Dying. Death is exhausting, and so, after a long day of funeral attending, I had retired to my apartment to get some shut-eye. I loosened my Versace tie and changed into my Egyptian silk pajamas.
0: Are you the detective in town?
8: No, I'm the obituary writer.
0: Really? Someone said you solve murder cases. Murder? I'm Charlotte, by the way.
8: Forgive me, but I haven't gotten past the murder part. Charlotte, the friend I now have, is staying in the apartment above her Aunt Lillian's bookshop.
6: She was my aunt. She was all
0: I had growing up. I need to know why she's gone.
8: Murder is the spice of life. I knew just who I had to see. The Angel of Death. We have become friends over the years.
1: Careful. Death is ever-present.
8: Her pet, the button-eyed raven, moaned inconsolably as usual. Your friends are abandoning you, one by one.
0: You write about death, O.W., but how much do you know about what it feels
4: like to lose someone?
8: The Shadow in the Dark Woods is making its way into Crestfall. Listen to Death by
1: Dying on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher.